Good morning. Are you still full from Thanksgiving dinner? All right. All right. Well, we're going to continue with that thought today. Today's message is about practicing gratitude. Psalm 100, verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Got a question for you. Do you consider yourself to be a thankful person? Now, you know people who are not very thankful, but the one that you need to watch over the most and to pay attention to the most is that one you look at in the mirror. Do you consider yourself to be a thankful person? Now, as you think about this, I want to tell you about the truly Christian American holiday that we just celebrated this last Thursday, starting with the pilgrims. Everybody knows that Thanksgiving's is something that's kind of famous as it's connected with the pilgrims. You know, there are lots of different kinds of pilgrims. but You know the ones I'm talking about, right? After 66 days at sea and their first winter in America, of the 102 pilgrims that began the journey from Holland... 46 of them were now dead. With the help of Native Americans, they now had their first bountiful crop. And on December 13, 1621, they celebrated their first successful harvest with a three-day feast of Thanksgiving. Now, you know how you feel after your Thanksgiving feast. Now, think about doing that for three straight days. You might put on a few pounds. There were several other days set aside for a day of thanksgiving from time to time. In 1789, George Washington declared the first Thursday in November to be our regular day of thanksgiving to God. Different days and times were declared at state levels, but nothing ever really caught on on a national level until 1863. 1863, during the Battle of Gettysburg, 60,000 Americans died in that one single battle. Four months later, President Abraham Lincoln spoke these words to a friend. Here's what he said. He said, when I left Springfield, of course, he meant to assume the presidency, I asked people to pray for me. He said, I was not a Christian. When I buried my son, the severest trial of my life, I was not a Christian. But when I went to Gettysburg and I saw the graves of thousands of our soldiers, I then and there consecrated myself to Christ. Shortly after President Lincoln became a Christian, He issued this proclamation, and I think I have it on a slide for you so you can follow along. And I might just add on the outset, 
Would God that we would ever see another president in this country who felt like this man did. He said, the year that is drawing toward its close has been fulfilled, or has been filled with the blessings of fruitful years and healthful skies. To these bounties, which are so constantly enjoyed, that we are prone to forget the source from which they come. Others have been added which are of so extraordinary a nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and soften even the heart which is habitually insensible to the ever-watchful providence of Almighty God. In the midst of a civil war of unequaled magnitude and severity, which has sometimes seemed to foreign states to invite and to provoke their aggression, peace has been preserved with all nations. Order has been maintained. The laws have been respected and obeyed, and harmony has prevailed everywhere except in the theater of military conflict. While in that theater, while that theater has been greatly contracted by the advancing armies and navies of the Union, needful diversions of wealth and strength from the field of peaceful industry to the, to the national defense have not arrested the plow, the shuttle, or the ship, the axe has enlarged the borders of our settlements and the mines as well as of iron and coal as of precious, uh, the precious metals have yielded even more abundantly than theretofore. Population has steadily increased, notwithstanding the waste that has been made in the camp, the siege, and the battlefield, and the country rejoicing in the consciousness of augmented strength and vigor is permitted to expect continuance of years with large increase of freedom. President Lincoln goes on to say, No human counsel hath devised, nor hath mortal hand worked out these great things. They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who while dealing with us in anger for our sins, have nevertheless remembered mercy. It seems to be fit and proper that they should be solemnly, reverently, and greatly acknowledged as with one heart and one voice by the whole American people. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also to those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. And I recommend to them that while offering up the ascriptions justly due to him for such singular deliverances and blessings, they do also with humble penitence for our national perverseness and disobedience commend to his tender care all those who have become widows and orphans, mourners or sufferers in the lamentable civil strife in which we are unavoidably engaged and fervently implore the interposition of the Almighty Hand to heal the wounds of the nation and to restore it as soon as may be consistent with the divine purposes to the full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union. 
In testimony whereof I have hereunto set my hand and caused the seal of the United States to be affixed. Signed, A. Lincoln. In Congress, 1941, Congress permanently established the fourth Thursday of November as a national holiday. Leaders today, and coming up in this election cycle that's in front of us, you're going to hear it again, I'm sure. But leaders today often make references comparing themselves to Abraham Lincoln. Maybe we could believe them if their speech placed the credit for the blessings of this nation where Mr. Lincoln placed it. I rarely ever quote this many words from any other source than the scriptures themselves. These words were written by an admitted sinner who was in the midst of some of the country's most historic, horrific pain, trouble, loss, and sorrow that any leader has ever had to bear up under. The Civil War was still raging on. Men were dying under his command. Yet in the midst of all of this, this man was able to see the goodness of God. So I asked you earlier, do you consider yourself to be a thankful person? I want to ask you another question. It's going to relate to what we're asking today. And you could, you could apply this to President Lincoln and maybe come up with an answer there as well. Is it what you do that makes you what you are? Or is it what you are that determines what you do? Now, that may sound like a trick question, but it's really not. Is it what you do that makes you what you are? Or is it what you really are that determines the path you walk or the things that you do? It is, as we have learned from God's Word over many years, as I've preached to you from this pulpit, it is what we are that determines the things that we do. To be truly thankful is one of the most powerful determining forces in your life and in mine. Go back to that original question again. Do you consider yourself, you could rate yourself on a 1 to 10 if you wanted. Do you, do you consider yourself to be a thankful person? We're going to look today at this tremendous spiritual force called gratitude. It's called thankfulness. And I hope that today that we can see how it works. And maybe we can truly practice gratitude until the next holiday season rolls around. I want you to see, first of all, that gratitude is the companion of a positive attitude. Did you know that? Gratitude is always found where people practice and possess a positive attitude. Thankful people are generally positive people. We generally get what we expect to get out of life. One man leaves a job interview and he says in his heart, I knew they weren't going to hire me. 
Proverbs 23, 7 comes to mind, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. They who expect good things generally receive them, and that is a well-documented fact. Testimonies of you here in this church, although it looks like about half the church is still traveling today, but I'm glad you're here. Amen. Do they expect them because they're used to receiving them, or do they receive them because they expect them? That's a pretty good question. Go back to that original question again. Do you consider yourself to be a thankful person? Have you ever gotten a paycheck or a settlement on some business transaction, and it wasn't nearly as much money as you'd hoped? That ever happened to you? What was your first reaction? Did you rejoice over what was there? Or did you only stress about what was not there? Two men leave an unsuccessful job interview. One says in his heart, I knew the Lord wasn't going to give me this job. I guess he just thinks I'm a loser too. Another leaves the same unsuccessful job interview and says in his heart, Okay, Lord, another one down. We're one step closer to that one you've got for me. It's a whole different attitude, isn't it? Most negative people think that being generally negative is really not a big deal. It's just the way I am. I don't think you could be any more wrong about anything than to think that. Being generally negative is also being generally unthankful. That's what it is. Let me show you that. If all you can see is the empty half of the glass, you're certainly not going to be thankful for what's in the other half. Gratitude, thankfulness, is generally the companion of a positive attitude. Secondly, I want you to understand that gratitude is the root cause of all blessings. Did you know that? What causes God to release to us the blessings that he has already reserved for us? Now, I'm not going to preach this today, but the Word of God tells me that God, before the foundation of the world, has provided everything that I'm ever going to need in every area of my life. It's all been provided. God releases it to us according to his discretion and wisdom. You don't give a 16-year-old a 500-horsepower Mustang as his first car because you're too smart for that. You know better. And that's kind of the way that God just deals with us. But I want you to understand, gratitude is the root cause of all blessing. You want blessings then learn to be thankful. What is it that causes God to release to us the blessings that he has already reserved in our name? Well, listen and learn. This is 2 Corinthians 9. It says, But this I say, verse 6, He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, always that ye always having all sufficiency in all things 
may abound to every good work. Brothers and sisters, God is able, and he's also, I might add, willing to give us all the things, all things required to supply every good work. The next verses reveal his motivation for that. Verse 9 goes on to say, As it is written, he hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. You know, uh, America, as messed up as it is becoming and has become, still a really wonderful place to be. It's still the only nation in the world where poor people here are fat. Think about it. You don't, you don't see poor or poverty in this nation like you see it in other nations. Here's what he says. says, Now he that ministered seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness. Now get this, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. For the administration of this service not only supplieth the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. What do you suppose? What do you suppose will happen when God blesses you and He supplies your needs, and then there is no gratitude for it that comes back to Him? What do you suppose is going to happen in that situation? I'm not even going to come. I don't think you have to be very smart to figure that out. It is gratitude that puts power in our prayers. Did you know that? Philippians 4, 6 says, be careful for nothing. It doesn't mean don't be careful. It means don't sweat and worry over everything. Don't be anxious for. He said, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Did you catch that? Let your requests be made known unto God. There are different kinds of prayer. When you see the words pray or prayer in your Bible, it means communi- communication with God. It's a, it's a somewhat general term. The term supplication is a Greek word, diasis. It means it's a petition. It's a request. Supplication is when you're asking for stuff. Philippians 4, 6, some of the best advice you're ever going to get. Always, always, always offer thanks for what you've been given before you start asking for more. Why do Christians often ask without thanksgiving? Or they will just offer a ritual, generalized, Lord, thank you for everything. Now give me this, 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 and this. And heal me while you're at it. It's because we don't notice what God has done for us. We're too busy looking at the empty half of the glass to notice what God has done for us. Gratitude is not only a good idea, it's a command. It's a command. Psalm 100 and verse 4 Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him. 
so many times that is disobeyed in so many different ways. Either people are not being thankful at all, or they're not giving God the thanks. They're thinking they're, quote, lucky stars, or Lord only knows what else in the day in which we live. It says, and bless his name. Colossians 3.15, it says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you're called in one body, and be ye thankful. Being thankful has to do with what you are. If you're saved, if you are, somewhere down inside your born-again spirit is a thankful believer. Ask God, why don't you ask God today to show you how to let your righteous new man rule your life instead of what the flesh wants. Number one, be thankful. Number two, voice your thanksgiving. Psalm 26, 7, that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous works. Psalm 69, 30, I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. Psalm 147, 7, sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving, sing praise upon the harp or piano or guitar or even drums unto our God. In our Lighthouse Bible class, we start every Sunday morning with voicing our gratitude to the Lord. We take praises. We take turns sharing praises. And we don't do this just to kill time while everybody gets there. It's one of the most essential things that we do. It's the part Jesus gets. And we're either here for us or we're here for him. And I don't know about you, but I'm here for him. And hopefully you are too. Third one here, it says, offer the sacrifices of thanksgiving. Leviticus twenty-two twenty-nine, And when you will offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving unto the Lord, offer it at your own will. Psalm 107 we sing a song from this psalm, 21 and 22. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Psalm 116:17. I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. Jonah, remember Jonah? Chapter 2, verse 9, But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. <coughs> Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spoke unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Are you a thankful person? Here's a question to go with that. Can we truly say we are thankful without a willingness to give back some of what we have been given? Is that possible? And this final one, and we're going to wrap up this morning, and it's still this morning. Whoever does the announcements might remember that. Jonah cleaned off the slime 
and then went and did what God told him to do. Are you tired of living in a fish's belly? Is that what life feels like sometimes? Maybe it's time to demonstrate some real gratitude in your life. Maybe it's time to start noticing what's in the half of the glass that's not empty. Nothing to be thankful for? Maybe you will see it differently when God takes away what you should have been thankful for. In America, we have developed a generation with an entitlement mentality. A generation that thinks that God or the government or somebody, whoever it is, owes them a certain standard of living. This foolish and unthankful perspective has filtered its way into our churches. Jesus said in Luke 6.35, But love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great. And you shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. 2 Timothy 3 and 2, For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, post boasters, proud, blasphemers, uh, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. To be unthankful places a person in some pretty unseemly company. Notice that all these other terms, evil, covetous, blasphemer, unholy, and many more come as companions to the character of one who is unthankful. If you are a generally negative person, unthankful person is what that is, here's some positive steps, and we'll quit with this. First, admit it to the Lord. He knows it anyway, and everybody else around, it, around you knows it too. Acknowledge to him that you need his help to be a thankful person. And ask him to let you see the good side of things first. See that first. Then proceed to do your part. I'm done. Practicing gratitude will change your life. It will improve it in every aspect. If you're a child of God, you need to learn to expect good things. If I said if God is good, what would you say? Yeah, and he is. He's good to us, and he wants to bless your life. Actually, the only thing that keeps God from blessing your life is being unthankful. If you want to be a good testimony from the Lord, well, you walk around whining, woe is me all the time, it's not really going to impress your neighbors or your family. The Bible says, bless his name. Praise him. Be specific about it. Let's stand. Count your blessings. Blessings.